0: Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of the Pilot Riot podcast. I am one half of your hosts. I'm Madeline Palman. Now, Peter is in New York this week, so he will not be joining us, but I am so pleased to welcome our first in-studio guest, our producer who's been there with us since the beginning. Matt Young. Matt, welcome. Thank you.
1: Also known as Jane, the producer.
0: Yes. Okay. So real quick before we talk about Matt and what makes him so special, we're going to explain the Jane, the producer thing. Um, We've gotten a lot of questions, mainly from my mom, um, about why we refer to Matt as Jane on the podcast or refer to him as Jane, the producer on our social media, et cetera. And the reason is because of a show that is very special to me and Peter and Matt, called The Comeback on HBO with Lisa Kudrow. Uh, If you haven't watched it, I highly recommend. It's one of my top 10 shows of all time. And on the show, Lisa Lisa Kudrow, her character is filming a reality show. Her producer's name is Jane. And so she talks to Jane all the time throughout the filming, usually in the form of saying Jane Cut, when she doesn't want something filmed. So that is where that little joke comes from. Matt is not, his name is not Jane, nor is he transgender. Uh, we just refer to him as Jane, the producer. You know that <laughs>
1: show. While it's so amazing, like Lisa Kudrow is incredible in that show. Yeah, but it is so like cringy that I couldn't finish watching it, even it's very season real. one, because it just like it gave me the feeling that everything was gonna come crashing down for me. And I was like, I don't know if I need this sentiment in my life right now. You <laughs> it was, know,
0: it was like too much secondhand it was just emotion. Too
1: much. Yeah, it's just too much.
0: Well, that's fair enough. I, I personally uh, could... Sp- I sat through it, no prob. <laughs> but that's fair enough. So, Matt, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. You've been lurking in the background of our pods. I have, I have. Um, Giving a comment here and there when necessary. I have, yeah. Um, so, tell us a little, bit about, a little bit about yourself. Tell us what your favorite TV shows are.
1: Sure. So, me and Maddie and Peter all grew up in Florida together, right? So, we've known each other a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm a musician. I'm in a band called Twin Kids. And At Twin Kids Music. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, um, but in terms of TV shows, I don't know. I really like, like that balance between um, like drama and comedy, like that new age thing that sort of like Garden State started, you know, and like okay. Juno, like all those movies. I feel like that kind of crept its way into shows like um, like United States of Terror and Girls, you know? Sure. Like I'm really into shows like that, but then also... Um, some of the more sci-fi shit like Stranger Things was my everything Mm -hmm. Sensate was also my everything but it's horrible but I love it so much you know
0: you know I feel like you often have a dichotomy with shows where you say it's terrible but I love it I remember you said that about togetherness on an episode of the podcast Yeah, you also say that about Mozart in the jungle which I know is a show that you talk about a lot you know
1: I just like crazily realized like two nights ago that Lola Kirk who plays the lead in Mozart in the jungle is Jemima Kirk little sister jemima kirk is jessa and oh, girls my and my whole time God. the whole time i've been watching Mozart and the jungle i'm like what about this girl like like why does she feel like she's my best friend you know i feel <laughs> like i know her so and i'm like it's because she's the same as her sister you know yeah but that's actually another show that's kind of like on that cusp mm-hmm. of like it's like humorous but then you know like you never know what emotions are going to be thrown your way in every episode.
0: Yeah, absolutely. When I think of the kind of show you're describing, the modern day dramedy, if you will, yeah. I think of Orange is the New Black because uh-huh. it was, um, oh, I'm going to get this wrong, but it was kind of a, it, it broke a little bit of ground in the sense that when it was being nominated for Golden Globes, it was established that it, See, and this see, this is what's funny about it. I can't remember it. I'm not going to Google it now because I don't feel like clack clacking on my computer when mm-hmm, I don't need to. Mm-hmm. But, It was either um, announced that it couldn't be nominated for drama or it couldn't be nominated for comedy, one of the two. Mm -hmm. Whichever one the producers were pushing for it to be nominated for, they Mm -hmm. said it it had to be for the other one. Okay. So, yeah, so that's definitely a new kind of trend in our modern... Uh, cinematic, sure. TV world, yeah. yeah.
1: You know, another show I meant to mention this is BoJack Horseman, which you actually recommended to yes. me. Yes. And that show is like at the center of everything that's good in entertainment right now. I Like that agree more. show, fucked me up. You know, it oh, broke yeah. me down. And I think it's it's like the best thing I've ever seen. It's beautiful.
0: I, I couldn't agree more, BoJack Horseman. I do believe is like one of our most important shows of the past five, ten years. Yeah. Um. Oh my if you haven't seen Bojack Horseman, like, give it a shot, Yeah, yo. You know,
1: hard to get into. Like, after you were recommended, it took me a few times. And it is. To, like, dark. try. It's dark. It's dark. It's, like, it's like next level dark. It is, it's like, like, dark in
0: these caves. Yeah. 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 But it's, it's so funny. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's unbelievable. Especially if you uh, live in L.A. like we do. Yeah. It, it, there's just an L.A.-ness about it that it cannot be replicated. For sure. It's special. For sure. For sure. Um, all right. Well, I say, let's get into it. So I decided that we're going to talk about the arrangement first, Cool. So the arrangement is on e. You can catch it Sundays at ten p m. And the basic premise is it's kind of based off of a popular theory behind Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes' marriage, mm-hmm. which is that Tom Cruise was becoming, you know, huge in Scientology. They started, uh, the Scientologist uh, Center, you know, Celebrity Center in LA started taking over a lot of his life. They think that they kind of contract, there's rumors that there was an arrangement made between Tom Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes about their relationship, that he would pay her a certain amount of money to marry him and that would help his publicity and help the Church of Scientology, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. Mm-hmm. Now, I happen to be an expert in the realm of uh, what's the word I'm looking for of uh, like, like amateur sleuthing when it comes to Scientology. I love Scientology. <laughs> uh-huh. I read Leah Remini's book, Troublemaker. Mm-hmm. I, uh, watched her series on Annie about Scientology. I just, in general, I'm really into cults and I, I am super into Scientology and, uh, mm, it's just, I love it. So I was really interested in this pilot when it first came out. Yeah. Yeah. And something that I want to point out really quick was that the marketing for this pilot I thought was so good. Describe
1: it. I didn't, I didn't see any of I didn't see any trailers, any billboards, nothing.
0: So, you know, the trailers were just kind of your basic run of the mill TV trailers, Uh but they did some marketing videos on Instagram and Facebook. Mm -hmm. Uh, For example, you know, the bachelor is a big deal right now. They just had the finale. And so back when it was the final two or, you know, a few weeks ago or whatever, There was an ad where the protagonist, Kyle, or not the protagonist, uh, one of the lead characters, Kyle West, who plays the Tom Cruise character, Uh uh, he makes a video as if he's making a proposition to the two girls that if, you know, whichever one of you doesn't get picked for The Bachelor, you should come consider having an arrangement with someone at my cult, my Scientology, which is called the fictional version um, and the show is called the Institute of the higher mind. Yeah. So I thought that was good. That is really good. And there was a, there was actually a great line where he said, this might seem like an unconventional proposition, but based on your previous work, we imagine that unconventional propositions work for you, <laughs> which was so shady and so great. But, um, and then there was another great marketing promo with James Lipton who does inside the actor's studio. Uh-huh. And he did, um, like a segment as if he was interviewing this Tom Cruise figure, Kyle West. Kind Of trying to you know pump up the idea that he is like a real celebrity type of thing, so I really appreciated the I marketing. Like that. That's
1: really cool, I, I know. I watched these, those are really cool. It was
0: really clever marketing, yeah, that really is. And um, I was really excited about this pilot, mm. really excited, okay,
1: because of the marketing, right?
0: Well, because of the marketing, and because I'm so into Scientology sure. and the whole you know potential, the rumors behind Katie uh, Holmes and Tom Cruise's sure. relationship and sure. stuff. And so I was excited, maybe mm-hmm. too excited. <laughs> My hopes may have been too high.
1: That would be, yeah, yeah. I was really quite underwhelmed. I was by this as time. well. While I was pretty uh, engaged, like fully entertained mm-hmm. for the entirety of it, something about it just felt... Like, very cheap to me. Okay? Right. I don't know. I've never watched another show on E! I really don't know very... Oh, no, I've watched some of those reality shows that are on E! But never, okay. like, a scripted show. Okay? Right. So, Script,
0: scripted's pretty new for E!
1: Okay. Have they had other scripted shows before? Yeah, they
0: had the Royals.
1: I mean, something very cheap. Like, from the style, which felt like, an, like a really easy way to portray, like, the entertainment industry in Hollywood and in Los Angeles, you know? Mm-hmm. Like... From him hopping on, from Kyle West, like hopping on his like motorcycle and being slammed by paparazzi, you yeah. know, from like the shots of the girl lead, right. Who, where she's like just jumping into like a pool and there's just like a montage of her floating underneath the pool, you know, it was just like, like all I mean, of those this, choices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, I see the world you're trying to make, but it's like, you didn't reach very far. Like this is not different from anything I've seen, you know? Right. So that in that way, and also in the casting, I feel like it was pretty unimaginative. Like, right. That girl, I don't know her name. All right, Do you know so her name? so
0: let's just quickly <laughs> go sure, over sure, the sure. Be- the like beginning plot points. So we, um, the first person we meet, I believe, is um, our protagonist, who is Megan Morrison. Someone I someone made a comment recently about how much I love the word protagonist and say it often on the podcast, which is true. I'll you know try what? to keep let it to a minimum. But uh freak flag But. So Megan Morrison is played by Christine Evangelista. She's, I think she's, I mean, basically a nobody. Let's look at her little IMDb page here. Oh, she <laughs> was in The Intern and The Walking Dead. All right. Okay. Okay. So and she was in The Walking Dead in 2010. So yeah. long time. <laughs> um, which is, you know, not now. Yeah. I can't believe The Walking Dead's been on for that I long. Never My watched God. That show today. Yeah. Um, I have. It's mediocre. So aside our walking dead fans
1: go in. listeners
0: um so Megan Morrison is played by Christine Evangelista she's a she's a waitress working in LA she wants to be an actress she's kind of a nobody she's done like they use fictional uh like you know they use fictional versions of these shows but she basically at the beginning when she's introducing herself uh in her introductory scenes, I should say uh-huh. basically says that she's done like criminal minds and criminal minds beyond borders and like, kind of like the basic shows that everyone in LA, if you're like an actor, you've done a bit role on like sure. all these kind of little sure. shows. Uh-huh. So she's a nobody, but she's gotten an audition to read opposite Kyle West for a role. Right now. She doesn't realize that the role is like actually like casting as his wife, Right, but she goes to the audition. She kills it. And this is, after she finds out that her boyfriend of two years was cheating on her and she decided to leave him. So Kyle West is so charmed by her, he whisks her to a fish taco place (laughs) that's usually closed, but for him it opens because he's such a good guy. And because
1: he put the owner's kids through college. That too. (laughs) That was like, where did that come from, you know?
0: Yeah, and then he whisks her away to Mexico and they have a beautiful romantic night together and then she gets a proposal from Mm. him, a written contract yeah, from, from agent, marriage, yeah, right? yeah. yes. Uh, you know, that they could have been married for a certain number of years, and there's certain stipulations, and he'll pay her $10 million. Yeah. It was interesting. I would say it was a well-written pilot. It was pretty well-structured. They, I mean, well-written in the sense that it was well-structured. It wasn't really imaginative. The dialogue was a little weak. Um, but at the same time, I kind of liked the elements in there that they had with the Institute of the Higher Mind, mm-hmm. there weren't that many in there. I would like to see more of the Institute of the yeah. Higher Mind. That might be because I'm a cult, weird person who no, Scientology. No, I because that's,
1: like, such a crucial part of this story, right? Yeah. I do think they're touching on something cool with that portrayal, though. I agree with you. I liked that. There is a scene, like, with her, with the... What was her name? Megan something? Yeah. Right? With Megan and her girlfriends, right? Yes. Where they're in a bar talking about Kyle West that I thought, like, showed this reputation of the, like fictionalized Scientology cult, like really, yeah. really, long. that was really cool. So I am hopeful that maybe they'll capitalize on sort of that aspect of the story, you know, and yeah. like maybe we'll see that sort of unravel as the series goes on.
0: As far as the performances go. So, you know, our protagonist is Megan Morrison played by Christina Evangelista, basically an unknown Kyle West is played by Josh Henderson, who as far as I know is also basically an unknown, Um, It looks like he was in, uh, oh, he was in Desperate Housewives. Oh, shit. Who is he? Um, Austin McCann. Yeah,
1: no idea. Which
0: is weird because that's definitely a show that Matt and I watched together like like, in high
1: school. Like you would come over on Sunday nights. I and totally we would watch would. Desperate Housewives followed by brothers and sisters.
0: I thought that he was okay, but I really liked Christina Evangelista. I thought that she was a good little actress. Megan. Megan Morrison, yeah.
1: I could not disagree more. Really? I think she is limp. I think she is boring. Oh. I think I see her all the time. It's just like, I do not need another girl like this oh, on that's TV. Oh, it's interesting you say that. That's actually a really big part of what made it feel so cheap for me was like the casting of the two of them. Like, yeah... He's really hot you know yeah she's really hot yeah,
0: yeah. they're
1: just like hot together it's just like that's hot true they white were both people.
0: conventionally attractive in a way that was kind of boring you
1: know and like I get that they're trying to portray like Tom Cruise whatever and the other woman right and like those people are like basic in our lives like our real lives mm-hmm. right but there's a way to like cast people who are not gonna play the basicity in the same way do you know what I mean
0: I mean you weren't a little into it when she was rapping about William Shakespeare? I liked her vibe. I thought know, that I she played only. the field well, like the different angles of her character. If you I will. was into
1: it only because when you and I used to do theater competitions. Oh my god! That was like an actual popular piece. Was like the rap Shakespeare. Do you remember that?
0: Yeah, there was like some like one act play that people would do scenes right. from. That was like the hip hop rap Shakespeare <laughs> yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, so
1: that yeah, <laughs> like so gangster the, it, like, Shakespeare. It immediately reminded me of that, and I was just like, I couldn't. Forget that, you know? But I guess I see what you're saying. That was, like, a little more, like, off the cuff for her, right?
0: She had personality. And, you know, they were trying to portray her in such a way that they wanted you to believe that this is someone that Kyle West could fall in love with within a day. Yeah. You know? She's, like, fun and peppy and unexpected and, like, fascinating and, yeah. like,
1: meh. And she speaks her mind and yeah. yeah. She's
0: different than the other girls. Yeah. And so that, you know, that was maybe a little annoying how they were kind of trying to push that, but I kind of feel like she, for me, she fulfilled that for me. It worked. I hear
1: that. I hear that. That's
0: just how I feel.
1: Yeah, no, totally. Um, yeah, for sure. I had another thought and now it's gone.
0: That's okay. It drifted
1: away. It sprinted away.
0: That's all right. Um, I'm very interested in the character of Terrence, mm. played by Markle, Michael Vartan. Also, I'm not gonna look. I'm not even gonna click his name. He's also an unknown. Um,
1: Which one was Terrence? Was he the head of the? Yeah,
0: group? he's the head of um, the Institute of the Higher Mind. Yeah. He's best friends with Kyle. Yeah.
1: You know, I think he, yeah, he's supposed sure. to be
0: David Miscavige, right, right,
1: right. Yeah. So he, I thought, played it really well too, and his wife both played those parts really yeah,
0: well. Yeah, they're like a little like uh, Macbeth lady Macbeth. Yeah, duo. it's nice, and you can yeah. see them
1: stirring the pot and doing whatever the Hell fuck, yeah. right, working but their magic. Their dialogue was really bad together. Separately, fine, but together it was like painful. Like everything the wife said, she's like so and so and so sweetheart, and she you could tell this actress was like. I don't really know how to play that last line. like it's like shitty writing, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean the the writing in general like I said like the store in terms of storyline and structure I thought it was pretty solid but yeah, I mean the rest of it was just Yeah. bland. I remember what and- I was going to
1: say. So you and Peter actually touched on this. Yeah. Um in one of the one of the last episodes but you were talking about One of the shows where we're looking at, like, sort of starving L.A. artists who work, like, service jobs or whatever, and how, like, their living situations are, like, not realistic. So this was, like, a perfect example. The bungalows. Oh, my God. Like, when we cut to this scene, right? It was the scene, like, right right after Megan's boyfriend you find out he was cheating on her, which is a whole other thing we should talk about that mm-hmm. scene. But cut to that scene, right? Where she's at her friend's place and they have a beautiful pool and they're like pouring shaken, the nicest bungalows. like art on the walls, like pristine, like tables. Do you know what
0: like I mean? We're talking $950,000 like bungalows.
1: Beautiful. Yeah. Like gorgeous.
0: Light and, airy and outfitted from West Elm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Maybe even, maybe even like Williams. Sonoma. (laughs) Yeah. So it's just like, what? Like we just, whatever. I just like, like, these ain't three broke girls. It's so crazy. Like
0: this ain't a waitress. We're
1: supposed to take that, you know, it is actually crazy that we're supposed to to take that. Like they're starving. You know,
0: It actually is crazy (laughs) that we're supposed to take that. And just like,
1: Hook, line, and sinker. I was like, "Fuck no!" We're like, supposed to
0: flop over and take it, yeah. like, like, like I have something to say about it. You know what I mean? Like, like, how dumb do you think I am?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Her friends are really pretty, though, especially that black girl. is so gorgeous. Huh,
0: shout out to the one person of color in the in <laughs> honestly, this TV show. I honestly, mean,
1: the one, the most beautiful person in like the whole pilot. I
0: mean, like, what are we gonna do with ourselves, Hollywood? <laughs> like, I have been watching so many pilots the past month, and. I don't think any of them have, I mean, I would have to go back and look through, but none of them measured up on the diversity scale, like even a little bit. Yeah. It is it's 2017. Like, it's more, it's more
1: just like what, uh, I don't know, like what stories are we going to tell? Exactly. It's not it's just like,
0: casting. It's like stories and keep in mind, like I'm like, you know, a privileged white person, Matt might as well be a privileged white person. He's <laughs> yeah. half <a> Hispanic, but <laughs> <Yeah. Whatever. laughs> so like we obviously that's, it's obviously inherently problematic that we're talking about it at all, yeah. but it has to be said.
1: It's just, like, I get it. We're exposing Scientology. I'm all about that train, you know? Sure. But it's already kind of happening, like, in a lot of documentaries. Yeah, Leah Remini is, like, a big activist for it right And so I'm just like, why, like, why do I need to watch this show?
0: The one thing that this pilot did do for me is that I feel like it could get better. I, I, you know, I feel like it set a stage for more conflict and more interesting storylines. Even though it was a little on the blander side. I just got, like, an intuition that we're setting a stage for something grander something more interesting uh so i don't know i would maybe watch episode two i mean
1: all this shit being said that i'm saying i probably am gonna watch episode two because i agree with you like there's something that could be there it goes back to what we were talking about like with how they're setting up the cult right yeah that could pan out really well like Definitely. i want to see kyle west unraveled like tom cruise unraveled
0: yeah, absolutely. maybe unravel
1: to me is like protagonist to you. You know, I feel like I've said it a lot
0: I'm <laughs> really
1: like crutching on it, you know,
0: that's all right. We all have our words Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So, and you know, a pilot in a lot of ways, you know, a, a pilot should obviously be well written. It should set up the world really well, et cetera, et cetera. But also a big role of the pilot is to make you want to watch the rest of the series. Yeah. And I feel like this pilot f- kind of fell on the wayside in a lot of ways, but it made me want to watch the next episode. Yeah. So that's something to be sent for it. Yeah.
1: No, you're totally right. You're totally right.
0: Um, I would give this pilot, I think, I mean, 2.75 stars. I can't quite give it three, but 2.5 seems too low.
1: Okay. Yeah. I was going to give it a three, but yeah. now I feel like liberated because you gave it a 2.75. <laughs> there
0: are no rules here. I don't know. <laughs> I actually think
1: maybe 2.5, 2.75 is more like it, right? Like yeah. maybe, maybe the series on a whole, if it improves, like that would go up. The rating would go up. Yeah. But there was, yeah. There's just something like, I don't know.
0: Pardon me, I had to yawn no, okay. let it out,
1: girl.
0: Let mm. it out. No rules here at the pilot riot party. <laughs> no rules on the pilot riot party bus. A slightly paraphrased, dramatic reading from season one, episode two of MTV's Instant Perennial Classic Program, Stranded with a Million Dollars.
2: Exterior, Godforsaken Island, Morning. The gang has just woken up the morning after purchasing a two-person tent for thirty thousand dollars. Though the majority voted to buy the tent, some are disgruntled about the purchase and consider it unnecessary. We enter a heated argument about the aforementioned tent. I will be playing the role of
0: Cody. And I will be playing the role of Alonzo. Like, what am I gonna do? Okay, everybody, let's get roasted marshmallows and sing Kumbaya. Like, I don't, what the fuck?
2: That's where you're going with this. You bought a tent. I wouldn't be surprised if you did buy marshmallows. And
0: you didn't want to buy nothing so people would go home.
2: And buy a flashlight to tell spooky stories in the tent.
0: Ha! Uh, Oh boy, oh boy. You're gonna make me slap the shit out of you.
2: Do it. I'm tougher than you are. I'm tougher than you are, period. And I'm showing it every fucking day.
0: All right, all right.
2: Keep sleeping in that tent. Uh Uh-huh. I don't need a tent, and that's true. Mm -hmm. And I could slash that tent up with the the machete in two fucking seconds, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to because I'm a bigger man than fucking all of you.
0: You're a pussy, mean-ass boy. You're sleeping in a fucking tent, bro. You're a pussy, mean-ass boy, man. You're sleeping in a tent.
2: You might as well. You're going to tab
0: out anyway. I swear to God. Don't fucking hit me. I'm about to split your shit wide open, bro. I really am. Do it. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Alonzo
2: walks away. Scene. Scene. So,
1: Madeline, tell me, (laughs) what's going on in your life?
0: What is going on in my life other than making PowerPoints, fake PowerPoints for job interviews until 2.30 in the morning? Um... Well, you know, I just watched a documentary that just showed up on HBO go, uh, that, which props to Matt's parents. I steal their HBO go. Maybe we'll have to edit that out. Shout
1: out to Pamela and Paul.
0: (laughs) Peter, me and Peter would not be able to watch HBO without you. We appreciate it. Um, so this documentary just popped up on HBO go. Um, and it's, I mean, you know, it's. Not anything too, me bringing this up isn't anything too revolutionary. It's pretty popular right now. Like in pop culture, it's not like, you know, that radical of a recommendation. But if you have not seen it, you have to figure out a way to watch the documentary. Get
1: your friend's HBO Go account. Seriously. Whatever you need to do.
0: Find find the Jane the producer in your life. (laughs) Get their parents Comcast info. Mm. And watch the documentary Tickled. Okay? Watch...
1: Tickled. I've heard so much shit about this.
0: Okay, so basically it's about this Australian reporter who heard about this quote-unquote sport, big air quotes, called competitive endurance tickling. No, no.
1: No, you're oh, right. Oh
0: yeah. I'm just like, I'm just like I can't. I've <laughs> like, oh no, that's not it. And no, I was no like, what I'm just is like it? I
1: can't. I can't. Yes,
0: and um, he inquired. He he found this company that produces all of these competitive endurance tickling videos and asked if he could interview them, and they gave him this weird response about not wanting to be interviewed by a gay reporter, which he brings up, you know, within the first couple minutes of the uh. Uh, of the documentary is pretty weird considering endurance. Competitive tickling uh, is pretty gay. It's just <laughs> a bunch of young athletic guys holding each other down, tickling each other. It's literally all it is wearing Adidas sportwear. And uh, exclusively so,
1: exclusively Adidas. Yeah.
0: So, <laughs> yeah, it, pretty much. So, this reporter decides to delve deeper into this world and like what he uncovers, you would just never imagine in a million years. I remember it's hearing I
1: remember hearing a lot about this on NPR mm-hmm. um because it was premiering like in Beverly Hills, right? Probably six months ago, seven right. months ago. Um, and they were just describing like how he sends this initial email and then it's just like, oh my God, this is so fucked up. Like I have to keep digging. I have to keep digging. I have to keep yes. digging. Right? Yeah.
0: And something funny is there's um a not to give too much away, but they find out that there's kind of one person who's kind of behind all of this. And, uh, they do, there's like a 20 minute addendum on HBO go, like a 20 minute documentary addendum to the documentary that chronicles it coming out in theaters and whatnot. And they show, um, like a showing that they do in Los Angeles where the person in question actually shows up, at the screening and like participates in the Q&A. And Matt's music partner, Gene, was at that screening.
1: He was. Yeah. We might have to get him on the pod. I mean, I don't know <laughs> that much about his experience there, but it was apparently crazy. Mm. Like they were afraid some shit was going to go down. So
0: watch Tickled if you haven't. Oh my God. Crazy? Yes. Okay. I the need best. to get into it.
1: I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. I love that it's on HBO. I actually feel like I watch a lot of shit on HBO Girls. been watching Big Little Lies. I watch Vice News Nightly. Like, I haven't seen any shit about this show, about this documentary. Like, they haven't really promoted it that much. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but...
0: Well, they didn't, didn't produce it. it a- they just put it on their website. I think they just showed it on the channel one night and then put it on their website. Okay, I think. Okay. 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 Um, or, I mean, you know, they probably picked up to some distribution rights. Yeah. But, uh... <sighs>
1: I'm going to watch it. I might watch it tonight.
0: So tell me about your day, MRY, as well, my I affectionately day. call Matt for his uh, initials. I love
1: it. It's very endearing. <laughs> um, well, I'll tell you about my week, actually. Please. So I am a piano teacher. Um, I teach at this school in East LA, like three times a week. Um, and my students, like, frequently say the craziest shit to me all the time.
0: Yeah. I mean, kids say the darndest things, right? right? Yeah.
1: They're so funny. So (laughs) I was like really in a mood on Tuesday. I was like so tired and I was like driving to work and I was like, oh my God, this day is going to be really hard. Okay. So my first student is this really adorable six-year-old boy. He's like an angel. He's so smart. He's so funny. And there are these two notes that I always talk about. One of them is they kind of look like this. One of them is called droopy D and it looks like it's drooping on the page. And one of them is a B and it's, I call it balloon B because it looks like it's floating up. <laughs> That's okay. Cute, yeah. And so he thought it was so funny because I always ask them a question like, okay, like which note is this? And he was like, that note is Matt. Cause they call me Matt. They don't call me, I like don't want them to call me Mr. Matt. They just use my first name. And Why so, do they say that it's you? Well, I don't know. It was just like some weird joke of the six-year-old, right? Okay. And he's like, it's Matt. And I was like, no, it's like droopy what? He's like, it's droopy Matt. And I was like, what, what does that mean? He was like, yeah, like you, are, you look droopy. And I was like,
2: oh my I was like God. what does
1: that mean? And I was literally like, what does that mean? <laughs> and he goes like droopy like a candle. And I'm like, oh. to this kid, like I look droopy like a candle? <laughs> like...
0: <laughs> like, did, he be, he, did he mean like spiritually, physically? I have,
1: I have absolutely no idea. And I would just <laughs> broke out, and I was just like, what? Is happening like, Rude. and so like all week I've been like, oh my god, do I look droopy like a candle <laughs> That like, was my this?
0: wax, my and wax just like, sol- solidity today. Exactly. It's just
1: so weird. So that was that like gave my whole week so far like a really weird tint, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, wow. From the mouths of babes. Who and knows? this
1: was my first lesson of the day. I had like like six or seven more students that day. And you
0: were just thinking droopy and mat I was the whole like, time. Droopy
1: mat. I was just like, oh my god, droopy mat droopy mad. Like, what the fuck? Should I change my Instagram handle to droopy mat <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, tonight's wine is brought to you by a grand Ardash. Ardash? 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 I don't have the bottle in front of me. I'm but what just working is, from memory. But what
1: does it mean we don't know, right? I don't Ardash. know.
0: Big Ardash. Big <laughs> I only took four years of advanced French. I don't know. Chardonnay. Just
1: in one ear out the other. So
0: this week we also watched Feud on FX, which you can catch Sundays at, at 10 p.m. Also, you'll have to decide if you want to watch that or the arrangement. Yeah. But we'll help you decide. That's what we're here for. <laughs> which
1: to choose. I honestly don't know. What which to I choose?
0: choose. <laughs> which
1: what to I choose. choose? Um, so Feud, right? This is Ryan Murphy's new um child, right? Little baby. <laughs> Little, yeah. gayby. Little gayby baby. Little baby baby. For the gays <laughs> exclusively, um, and it's about the feud, as it were, between Joan Crawford, played by Jessica Lange, and I almost said Susan Sarandon, played by Betty Davis, but it is in fact Betty Davis, played by Susan Sarandon.
0: Yes, it is right. <laughs>
1: yes. So the the pilot is sort of the first glimpse into Joan Crawford and Betty Davis um, coming together to sort of uh, like make amends maybe to the yeah. feud that's been going They've on. They've
0: had like a long-standing feud or something. Right, right, right.
1: And they basically, uh, I don't think this is ruining, but signing on to whatever happened to baby Jane. Yes. Right? And you can tell they're both divas and we can only imagine like what drama is going mm-hmm. to go da- down over the course of this season, mm-hmm. right? Um, so it's sort of, just like a sweeping portrait of old Hollywood, I found yeah. right? through the stories of like these two divas, like yeah. like 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 divas in totally totally different
0: ways, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. I couldn't agree more. Um, I was so excited for Feud. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I enjoy a good Ryan Murphy show. I mean, the problem with Ryan Murphy, anyone can agree, is that. His stories tend to run totally off the rails. Uh, You know, we saw it with Glee. We saw it with American Horror Story. Um, Scream Queens is certainly uh, not driven by any particular structure or rhyme or reason. Um, he like he always gives us a good time, but it's not necessarily a meaningful time. I think I feel. more. I think in the
1: beginning it's meaningful though. Like, like season yeah, until it, one, until it goes off the rails. Like yeah. season one of American Horror Story, which I I love. I still love. Right, mm-hmm. but it derails like so fast. Like by in the at the finale, you're like, I don't know, like what happened. Totally, anymore. it's like I have no concept of how to unpack this now. Whereas like up until halfway through, you're like, I'm here, I'm here. Every twist is like, fuck, this is incredible. And then it just totally blows up so fast.
0: So true. And it's, it's a, it's a habit of his. It, It seems inevitable in all of his series, which was, why I loved the people versus OJ Simpson yes. so much yes, because it had all of those great Ryan Murphy qualities, yes. but he wasn't writing the story yeah. The story happened in real life. <laughs> and so that's why I was part of the reason I was so excited for Feud. Yeah. This was also a true story. So this is
1: only his second series, right? That's, that's like a retelling of a true story, right? Yes. I think, I think the last, no, there's some things in American horror story that have been based on like folklore I think a little bit, especially the yeah. Roanoke one. Right. But it's totally different when totally it's based different. on true story. I mean, this, and the plot lines yeah. are not spun beforehand. They're not exactly. real. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But he has such, and I think this is about all of his shows, including feud, like such an eye for like, like tone. Totally. And the style is always, like, so specific mm-hmm. and so unlike anything else on TV, yet so Ryan Murphy.
0: And always great performances. Always
1: great performances. Yes. Always very high stakes.
0: Yes. Yeah. And
1: you feel it. It's fun. Yes. It is fun. It's, it's a good time. It's always a good ride. <laughs> yeah. A
0: Ryan Murphy show is going on the Crazy Teacups at Disney.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, why don't you tell us more about what actually happened in this pilot? Like, like can you give us, like a really basic synopsis of the rundown.
0: Sure. So, Jessica Lange, you know, plays Joan Crawford, Susan Sarandon plays Betty Davis. They're the two like prima donnas of their time. Um and this takes takes place in the f- late 50s, early 60s,
1: early I think 60s? sort of, yeah. Oh
0: yeah, I think it's like 1961 maybe. And um but they're both fading actresses. Marilyn, you know, in one of the opening scenes, Marilyn, yeah. Monroe's, Marilyn Monroe wins a Golden Globe like Much to the chagrin and anger of Joan Crawford. Yeah. and uh, That was a nice
1: scene. That was a really good scene. That was a nice yeah. scene.
0: And so, you know, uh, and also Joan Crawford needs money. You know, yeah. she, she married the heir to Pepsi, but she's not getting any money from Pepsi after he died or something. So she needs money. So she needs to work, but she's not finding any good roles. Right. So she knows that the one way to come up with a great picture that will get a lot of people coming to it is to team up with her rival, who is like her only equal. Which right. is Betty Davis? Which is Betty Davis? And they hate like, each other, right?
1: And she's like a like a Broadway star, sort of at the time. Yeah, or
0: she's or she's doing a play on Broadway. Yeah, yeah. She's doing like Night at the Iguana or something. Sure, yeah. The thing that starts the pilot, the catalyst, is the thing that brings these two women who have had such a long feud, a long-standing notorious feud, together. But we don't really get a good sense of what they were feuding about in the first place.
1: Well, that's what I was going to say too. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're trying to do it with those sort of like docu, they're making documentaries and they're interviewing different people, right? Yeah. About it. One being um, Kathy Bates mm-hmm. in some role. She plays like an old
0: Hollywood actress just, like, who's probably a real person. But yeah. She
1: is really fucking good though in Yeah, those moments. Like that was like one of the more memorable scenes I yeah. think was watching Kathy Bates. Always. But especially in this. Um, but yeah, there's like not a sense of what the feud is and like we do see them beautifully like butting heads for like the whole episode yeah which is great and they play off each other so well but it's like what like what there's
0: vague mention of joan feeling like betty never respected her the way that she deserved there's mention of betty once trying to sleep with joan's boyfriend but none of those things Right. Not only do they not sound like the type of thing that would create this long-standing feud, they imply that those that, that those things were not the main thing that created the feud.
1: You're like, But maybe that's the point of this pilot is like it, they're withholding some of that from us. Maybe.
0: Maybe and that's maybe the journey we that we're going to go on. Maybe
1: if we know more of the history of it. But yeah,
0: I'm hoping that's the journey they're going to go on on this show because we got nothing from the pilot. I thought the pilot was going to be setting up the feud, but we just jumped right yeah. into it, which isn't necessarily yeah. a bad thing. I just want to know more about it.
1: Yeah. I think you've hit on sort of the biggest problem with this pilot, which is that nothing really happened.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: I love watching Jessica Lang. She's so seasoned at playing the, like, washed-up, desperate yes, women... Is. Who like used to be beautiful and is mm-hmm. still beautiful, but has fallen and is grasping God, you are run. so right. Is that right? not
0: every role she's done on American Horror Story? I mean, Story? I
1: actually have not seen her in anything besides American Horror Story. Yeah. But it is actually every role. Yeah. Like <laughs> literally every role. And she's so, so good at playing that role.
0: So but true. It
1: does leave me wanting a little bit more because yeah. uh, no matter what the period, no matter what the setting, I feel like she plays it the same.
0: Yeah. You know?
1: But it works, whatever. Like, if I just jumped into this, I I had never seen the other shows. Like, I would be fully, thrilled. fully there, yeah. right? Um, now Susan Sarandon is a fucking force of nature. She was amazing. She was amazing. I dare like, I say
0: she was better than Jessica Lange. Oh my god, much better. I thought, yeah.
1: She. There's this one scene, right, where th- I think this is sort of the climax of the episode, where without ruining it, where she they're preparing for their first day of shooting and she totally kind of, like, outdoes Jessica Lange in every way. And she yes. walks on to set to applause. And the whole lead up to this scene, it was just like...
0: I'm clutching my right? heart. Just, like, yes. moment
1: after moment of Susan Sarandon just, like, slaying everybody in the whole she episode. She
0: was. Yeah, right? Yes. Yeah. No, I loved the performances in this. You know, there was also... Alfred Molina and Stanley Tucci. Stanley
1: Tucci was really fantastic.
0: <laughs> pardon moi. Yes. <laughs> Cut that out. I hate that. I don't like the pardon moi thing. No worries. Um, no. Sorry. Say, the, say the thing about Stanley Tucci. Oh, I said Stanley Tucci was incredible. He was, he was. Um, Yeah. I enjoyed him a lot. Um, I, I wish that there was more action in this pilot. A lot of the story moved forward with just conversations. I wish I had seen more things, like, visually, if that makes sense. I wish that more of the storytelling unfolded visually. That's
1: true. I I, I agree with you. I also feel like maybe they they were trying to portray the film industry, which was, like, they have these scenes where they're argument, arguing in, like, restaurants, and, like, mm-hmm. there's that scene when Stanley Chichi's, like, getting a very lavish massage, and Alfred Molina comes in to, like, make sort of a business deal. We yeah. should clarify, Alfred Molina plays... Um, like the writer, right, or the Bob adapter. Aldrich, the director, yeah, the director who also the adapted the book, right? Yes. And then Stanley Tucci plays like the head of uh, Warner Brothers, the producer, the producer.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> those the would director
0: be, and the producer. <laughs> this would
1: be the titles that I was reaching for <laughs> that I did not grasp.
0: I did not know that Joan Crawford and Betty Davis brought down the studio system, which I thought was really interesting. Um, which. For our viewers who don't know, back in the day, studios used to have contracts with actors. And it, it, so it's like if I'm an actor in old Hollywood, my goal is to get a contract with a great studio. So if I get a contract with Warner Brothers, that means I'm going to be in Warner Brothers movies for however long my contract is for. Um, obviously, that's not how we do things today at all. Actors are much more like freelance workers. Yeah. Uh, and... It, it's interesting. I had no idea that they kind of brought that system down, yeah, but I'm glad they did. Either.
1: Yeah. I don't know about this pilot, though. Like, love Jessica Lang, Love Susan Sarandon more. The I, visuals are amazing. The I like tone the dialogue. The is amazing. The dialogue was good, but something was, like, really boring about it to me.
0: It didn't quite pack the punch that I was hoping it would. It was a little slow. It
1: didn't leap off the screen. Yeah. Even in a way that arrangement, like, and I didn't like arrangement, but, like, I was there, like I was watching it. I feel like with feud, I was just kind of like,
0: eh, "What yeah. do I
1: care?" You know?
0: Yeah, there were a couple good, pardon me, a couple good lines in there that I liked. Um, the gossip columnist had
1: mm-hmm.
0: a hoop. I had a hopper. I almost said Hedda a hooper. Yeah, had a hopper. Uh, she's trying to get Joan Crawford to admit that she stumbled out of the Golden Globes right, drunk and angry right. because of Marilyn Monroe winning the award, right. and. You know, Joan's trying to brush it off and she says, I must have eaten something that disagreed with me. Yeah. And Hedda says, crow. That was amazing. <laughs> Do you know that phrase, Matt? Eating crow? No. Oh my God. You, Matt is, you would never know that Matt grew up at the United, <sighs> the US of A. He doesn't know any phrases. I knew that you wouldn't.
1: I don't know. I don't know that phrase. I wouldn't say I don't know any fucking phrase. Eating
0: crow, it means basically eating humble pie.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I don't know what that means either. What is eating oh humble pie? Oh my god.
0: Oh my god. Like
1: you can't explain an idiom with another idiom.
0: <laughs> I, th- I thought humble pie was pretty obvious.
1: Can you- I need one
0: more. I need one more. <laughs> oh my god. So like to eat crow to eat humble pie. It's like if y- you know, uh you and I made a bet, I'll put it, I'll explain it like you're five years old. So Fuck if- <laughs> <you>. <laughs> Someone who's never been to America before, a total foreigner, who knows none of our idioms or customs or ways. So, you know, if you and I had a bet that um, I was going to be a millionaire by age 28 and you said I wasn't going to be and I said I was going to be and then, of course, I am, uh, then you have to admit you were wrong and eat some crow, eat some humble pie. <laughs> like a bad
1: Inherently explained In, in <laughs> either idiom so like,
0: I feel like The humble pie thing maybe. Cackle all
1: you want <laughs> But I will stand My fucking ground And not apologize For not knowing Either idiom I yeah. also
0: truly Give a fuck About And I want to give A shout out To my favorite character In this uh, Mamacita
1: Yes Played by
0: Jackie Hoffman Yes Mamacita being Joan Crawford's <laughs> trusty handymaid. She
1: was really good. She was
0: amazing. She
1: was like so understated. I know. She was there. She she was 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 so good. She was really good. I loved her. Yeah she was great.
0: If you're a fan of old Hollywood and old Hollywood movies if you really love the movie Whatever Happened to Baby Jane you'll really enjoy watching at least this pilot. For sure. They do a lot of cool stuff about like you know just kind of general like behind the scenes stuff and imaginings of how things went down on set and the dynamics between the actresses. Recreating
1: scenes from the old movies. Yes I mean I was frame for frame was cool.
0: Absolutely I was looking at pictures from the, um, uh, like screen stills from the actual movie yeah and the, the, they emulated the costumes to a tee. Very nice. So you'll really enjoy it just for that aspect. Uh, if you really like whatever happened to baby Jane. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I would give this pilot three out of five stars.
1: Yeah. I was going to say three also. I feel like now that I'm talking about it, I feel like it's less though. I feel like maybe two. I don't know. Like. I don't, I'm not going to keep sorry. watching it. I feel it. like I'm yawning no, a lot. No, no. Like I want to see, mostly I just love Susan Sarandon. She just kills me. She, she was she's great. So good. She in everything though. She's like, just her face, you know? Go see
0: Su- Susan Sarandon and Stepmom.
1: <laughs> oh my God. What a throwback. Such
0: a good movie. That
1: movie is so sad. I only know about her from Stepmom and Rocky Horror Picture Show. You know? Yeah. Like I feel like you and I probably missed her prime prime. You know Did you mean?
0: watch Stepmom with your mom? I
1: can't remember. I think I saw it in theaters. Yeah. You yeah. It, really? I think so. That was like mid nineties that came out. I must've been really, really young. Let's right? That's
0: 96, 97. 98. So we were in like kindergarten. Yeah. No. Yeah.
1: Oh, wow. Maybe I didn't see it in theaters.
0: We're the same age, right? Yeah. We, what am I talking about? We've been in the same grade <laughs> since sixth grade. No,
1: I really think I saw that in theaters. With my parents, that's kind of fucked up.
0: When you were five or six?
1: Yeah. Really? It's like rated PG, isn't it? Let's see. <laughs> it's rated PG. I don't think it's like.
0: I don't think Pamela would take you to a PG 13 movie when you were five. That really doesn't sound like her. I'm looking it up. It's PG <laughs> 13. Yeah, maybe not then. It's funny how your parents were liberal with that stuff.
1: Well, <laughs> you. that's not going to do
0: it.
1: Hi, mom and dad. <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah, so I might say two. I don't know. A two feels really harsh if I gave the arrangement a 2.5. Maybe I should give the arrangement a two, and then this three. That feels Adjustment more fair. Scores. That feels more fair, yeah.
0: Whatever feels right in your heart.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I just, like, I don't care. I don't care about either of them.
0: That's fine.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: All right. I'm gonna plug our shit, Shh I'm going to plug our social. Plug our shit. Uh, So you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Pilot Riot Pod. You can email us at pilotriotpodcast at gmail.com. Oh, follow us on SoundCloud and iTunes.
1: Yes, all of the things.
0: You can follow me on Instagram at at M-A-D-P-A-U-M-E-N. Peter, our long-lost co-host RIP is <laughs> <That's> so sad. <laughs> is uh, he's in New York City. He might as well be dead. <laughs> um is at Peter Hums like, like hums.
1: Um and I, Jane the producer, also known as Matt, Young, I'm at Twin Kids <laughs> music. We have some new music coming out soon. Woo. Very exciting. Um, until then, I'll just be watching some more fucking pilots, I guess. That's
0: right. Cheers, me, Matt. Thank you for Cheers. a great fourth episode. Sure. And we will be back with Peter next week we to cover some more pilots. And I
1: will be in the background once again.
0: Wah, wah, Where you belong. <laughs> where I no, fucking kidding. belong, honestly. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Have a good night. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>